This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. I want us to recognize that uh, Jesus is alive and in this room here today. And at any point that you feel that you need God to move in your life, this altar is always open. Somebody say amen. This altar is always open, ready to, uh, the Lord is always ready to, to speak to our hearts. Um. I want us to turn in the Bible to John chapter number 3 and verse number 16. And if you want to stand with me while we read this or while we all quote this. <laughs> How many can quote John three sixteen? Amen. Beautiful. But we're going to read verse number 15. Um, 15 and 16. Um, it may go down through. We'll just keep reading until I feel like I want to stop. How about that? Um, verse number 15, John three fifteen. that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. How many want to have eternal life? Amen. Verse number 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not, say that with me, perish but have everlasting, everybody say life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Did you think about that for a moment? God did not come to condemn you. Some of you are battling condemnation because this world, uh, maybe you have sinned and things that you have done that people look at you as a certain person as a certain lifestyle, but I'm here today and today, God does not condemn you. He wants to save you. There's a reason why the, the word says there's a new name written down in glory. And when my name is written down in glory, it doesn't, but my name is not there with a list of my sins. The Bible said it's a lamb's book of life. Verse number 17, again, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. If you, are, if you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus, have not been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you will battle condemnation from this world. And you will, even if there's going to be temptation that will come to try to convince you that you are not worthy of the cross. But I'm here to tell you today, you are worthy of the cross. God created you. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Hmm. I'm glad I kept on reading. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Hmm. because 
they're exposed. Neither cometh to the light. That's why have people have a hard time coming to the altar. <laughs> I'm just going to slow it down. Hateth light, neither cometh to, cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Nobody likes being reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. I like that word wrought. Everybody's ever seen wrought iron? Something that's twisted? Wrought in God. I want to preach to you with this simple thought. Love worth fighting for. Love worth fighting for. I think that was my title. I always forget what I title stuff. Is that it? Yeah, love worth fighting for. Amen. Well, let's, uh, we're going to pray. I don't foresee being very long here today, but I want us to pray and ask the Lord to help us in this time of, uh, a time of the service. Let's pray right now. Jesus, Lord, I love you. I thank you, Lord, for your blessings. I thank you, Lord, that your kindness is here today. Lord, in your words, says your kindness is forever. Thank you, Jesus, for your kindness. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Jesus, for your kindness. We love you, Jesus. And everybody say amen. Before you're seated, turn to somebody and tell them that you love them. Now, don't just say it. Act like you mean it. I even got a kiss over here. My goodness. Man. I mean, I didn't get a kiss. They kissed. I said, I just want to make sure that wasn't me. Amen. No, I'm not jealous. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. I need to pull up something real quick. Ain't God good? I'm just going to. I'm just going to go with what the Lord kind of shows me today. I was at um, general conference this week, and the Lord, um, I began to make some mental notes about some things and, and the word of the Lord, and it dawned on me that I have missed something in my walk with God, and I have missed some things about the love of God. One of my favorite topics to preach on is the love of God. I mean, thankful for the love of Jesus Christ. I, I, I have preached probably more messages in my lifetime about the love of God, or I'll try to weave it in there about the love of God one way or another. If you have your Bibles, also turn to Romans chapter number 8, and we're going to get to Romans chapter 8 in just a moment. When I say love worth fighting for, there is a love of Jesus that is worth fighting for. You know, we are not accustomed to the love of Jesus Christ because it's kingdom righteousness love. It is full of righteousness. In other words, it's powerful, so powerful, because it is the beauty and the, um, how can I say, it is pure love. And we're not accustomed to really pure love. 
I've heard people come into the house of God and, and they leave and they say, why do those people love me when I, they don't even know me? Why do, why do people, why do they say that they love me and they don't even know me? Don't they know my background and don't they know my situation? Don't, how can they truly say that they love us? This world is confused when it comes to Christ's love. Because the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And this world doesn't look at it that way and they, they, they want to hold a grudge. If somebody does this wrong, we hold a grudge and we say that I'm going to hold it against them until the day that I die. And I'm going to take this to my grave. I'm going to, I'm going to not give them favor. I'm not going to give extend grace to them. But I'm thankful that Christ's love is so powerful that while I was yet sinner, while I was yet in sin, Christ died for me. And I'm thankful that he died for me, but I'm here to tell you today, and I said it last week, it was not the nails that held him to the cross. It was not that spear upon his side that held him to that cross. It was not the men that put him down on that cross. It was the love that he had for us that held him to that cross. Somebody say amen. It is the love of Jesus that that when he shed his blood for us, he saw you and I many years down the road. And we look at the Old Testament from the very beginning. The Bible teaches us that he created us in his image. He created us in his likeness. And he created us and breathed the breath of life in us. And that is such a beautiful thing. And then when he, uh, when the, the end of time of the Old Testament came, he wanted to reveal himself in a greater fashion to us. So he robed himself in flesh. I said he robed himself in flesh, became likened unto us, and died for our sins. See, Jesus, when he came, or Jesus, when He made you and I, when God made you and I, He made us for a reason. He wanted to show us that He loved us. He wanted to show how much He cared for us. See, this world will try to manipulate and think that the God of the Old Testament is a taskmaster and He is a God that is full of judgment, God of, uh, full of, of, of anger and, and, and commandments and this, this, that, and the third. But I'm here to tell you today, He did those things because He loved us. And I'm thankful for that he came. I'm thankful that he breathed the breath of life in me. I'm thankful that he came and died upon a cross and, and wants to forgive me of my sins. I'm thankful that Christ loved me so much that he laid down his life for me. I'm thankful that he loved me so much uh, that he heals my body. I'm thankful that he loves me so much that he protects me and that he keeps me and he guides me like a child in his presence because the Lord wants to protect me. The Bible says that he prepares a table in the midst of my enemies, Psalm, the psalmist said. Why does he say that? Because he loves us. Why does the Lord want to protect us? It's because he loves us. Why does the Lord want to provide for us? It's because he loves us. Why does the Lord heal us? It's because he loves us. Why does God bring us out of the muck and the mire of this world? It's because he loves us. It is love worth fighting for. 
it is a love that, that, that we desire to have more of God. I, I, the, more I, the more I talk to the Lord, the more I read His Word, the more I fall in love with God, and more that I find His love is from everlasting to everlasting. But I find through Scripture, and I hope I can say this and preach this the way that I, I feel it here today, and I... And I, I, I I just hope I can, I can, I can share this the way I, I want to share this today. But when I say love worth fighting for, it is not my love for Him. I mean, it's not the love that I, I want God to, to, to fight for me. It's, it's not the love that I want to, that, that, that I'm fighting the enemy to have his love. It's not, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm here to tell you today, love worth fighting for is your love for him. That's what God's fighting for. God is fighting for your love. I said God is fighting for your love. I want us to understand this today. God is doing everything in his power to fight for your attention and fight for your love for him. We can celebrate and I can preach about it so much about how that I love Jesus. And I'm thankful that I have come to know him and to love him. But my love is as filthy rags when it comes to the love of Jesus Christ. My love does not measure up to Christ's love. But one thing that gets God so happy is when one sinner comes to an altar and says, God, I don't love myself. I love you. And the Lord says, that's what I've been fighting for all this whole time. I've been fighting for you to love me. Bible says God loves us. He created us. He breathed into us the breath of life. So what is the love worth fighting for? God says your love is worth fighting for. When one sinner comes to an altar and one person turns their attention to the Lord, God says that's the kind of thing I've been fighting for. That's what I went to the cross for. That's what I've been healing for. That's what I've been reaching down for. That's what I've been trying to restore my glory. That's why I came. That's why I bled. That's why I died. I'm fighting for your love. It's not me fighting for his love. That's not what the Bible, the theme of the Bible is. But all the Bible is, is God created us and he's been fighting for your attention. He's been fighting for you to reach out to him. He's been fighting for your love back to him. We talk about tithes and offering. Tithe is a returning back to Him. The same way, that's the same way in the same fashion that we need to look at ourselves before the Lord. I need to return back to Him what is rightfully His. And what I need to return to Him is my love. Because the Bible says all heaven rejoices when one sinner comes to know Jesus Christ. He, he is saying, why do they celebrate? Because one has returned their love back to him I'm going to prove it in scripture look to your neighbor and say he's going to prove it Romans chapter number 8 verse number 24 for we are saved by hope but hope that is seen is not hope for what a man seeth why doth he yet hope for but if he, but if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. 
For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Somebody say amen. He that searches the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I'm getting there. And we know that all things work together. Somebody say amen. For good to them that love God. It does not say that all things work together because God loves me. God wants us to know things will work together for the good of them that love God. Why? Because God responds to returning love. God is fighting for that love. God is fighting for that attention. So he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll do what my word says. If you love me, then things will work out for your good. To them which are called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Somebody say amen. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. What did he do? He did that because he loved you and I. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to his charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that he rise again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also make up intercession for us. The Lord prays for us. He's interceding for us. What is he interceding for? And what is he praying for? He's praying for your love. He's reaching down into humanity and saying, I desire their love. I desire to have communion with them. I desire to have a relationship with them. Verse number 35, who shall separate us uh, from the love of Christ? Uh, I'm telling you, there's many things that can separate me with my love for Christ, uh, but there is nothing that can separate the love of Christ coming towards me. I'm here to tell you, why can nothing separate us? It's because it's a love worth fighting for. Jesus says, your love is worth fighting for. He says your love is so much fighting for, worth fighting for, that tribulation will not distress uh, my love coming towards you. You don't know tribulation or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. As is, it is written, uh, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, uh, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Come on, somebody, I want you to preach with me here for a moment. It's not my love, but his love toward us. He says your love is worth fighting for. Why do people pray for you? It's because God wants to return, wants to see your love return to him. Why does a pastor get up here and preach? Why do I call? Why do I follow up? Why do I, I, I minister to people? It's because I'm getting trying to get them to understand that no matter where they go, no matter how far you feel you are from God, the Bible says his love will never fail. 
Tribulation comes, it won't stop God's love. Distress and stress in your life, oh yeah, it'll come, but it won't separate you from the love of Christ. Persecution, yeah, bring it on, devil, but that will not stop the love of Jesus Christ fighting for me. Famine will come, yeah, but the love of Jesus Christ will not cease to amaze the persecution or the, the, the pursuit of my life. Nakedness or peril or sword, what is it talking about? There were things that will we'll be exposed and we will somehow feel ashamed, but that won't stop the love of Jesus Christ. It may stop the world loving you. You may do things that your friends and your neighbors may stop loving you, but my God, I'm so thankful that my love for the Lord is worth fighting for in the eyes of God. He says it doesn't take persecution to stop my love. It won't stop anything in my spirit for loving my creation for as it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long we're accounted as sheep for the slaughter nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us so verse number 38 we gotta preach it like we know how we feel it for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to Separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Your love is worth fighting for. I said your love is worth fighting for. Your attention is worth fighting for. Your prayers are worth fighting for. You coming down to an altar or you going in your home and you begin to raise your hands to Jesus or you kneel down by the sofa, you kneel down by the bed, the Lord begins to do a little bit of jig in heaven. What is he saying? Because that's the kind of love I've been fighting for. That's the kind of relationship I've been fighting for. You see, height and depth and other creatures will separate me from my love for God. Here's the problem. We allow circumstances to dictate love. We withhold love from the ones that are close to us because the situation has rose up. And we withhold love. One of the biggest things that I've learned with our marriage of 23 years, we've been together for 25 years now, is I refuse to allow a circumstance to keep me from loving my wife. Now, I may take a moment. Because that flesh rises up. You all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> She's not in here, is she? And she knows what I'm talking about. We got into a discussion. We don't fight. We get into discussions. And we were out walking. We walked for 45 minutes, and that's kind of our time alone. And, and we get out, and we walk the, walk the dogs. And, and as soon as we're done with walking the dogs, we put them in the house, and we'll walk some more. Because you're going to walk the dogs so much. They get on my nerves. And we get to walk some more, and then there was a discussion that went on, and, and we disagreed in that discussion. And, and I decided to take a left at the house, and she wanted to keep on walking. <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. And I walk in the house, and the kids goes, where's mom? She's going to continue her walk. Dad's going to take a shower. 
But what I've found is that in that moment, because of that conversation, my love for her was separated to a degree. That I stopped being affectionate to her because of the circumstance. And what we do in our walk with God, when things don't go the way we feel God should do them, we withhold our love for Jesus. We withhold our love for the house of God. We hold a grudge because we don't want to show up in God's house because of what the circumstances. We are not thrilled with what happened in our life. In fact, we get ashamed of things that have happened in our life. But I'm here to tell you, we cannot allow the height and depth of this world. Let the things of this world to separate us with our love because God's love is fighting for you. And just as much as God is fighting for your love, we need to say, I'm going to fight right back for the love of Jesus Christ. So I'm here to preach to you today. Do not let anything separate you from the love of God. In fact, nothing will separate for you from God's love towards you. But I'm here to tell you today, I'm going to be persuaded that there is nothing that will persuade me for my love and affinity for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you today, God loves you and he will do anything and has done anything for you. We read it in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. Hmm. He gave. Everybody say, he gave. He gave his only begotten son. And why did he do that? Because he wanted to do everything possible to let you know that he loved you. The Old Testament was beautiful in the way it was written. It understands, we understand the law. But he came to fulfill the law. He came to let us know that I'm just not words on a page. I'm going to come down to you, look you eyeball to eyeball. And let you understand that I love you so much. That I will take the the scars upon my my hands. Take a, a nail through my feet. A crown of thorns upon my head. A spear in my side. I'm going to do all this to show you and to prove to you how much I love you. And there's not going to be anything that will separate me to show you how much I care. Why does God heal us? It's because he loves you. Why does he not heal us sometimes? It's because he loves you. We take no personal when God says no to a door but that just tells me he loves me and he's going to give me everything that I need not according to my wants but according to his heart according to his will I'm here to tell you today if God tells us to stay in this building another year and a half God is protecting us and keeping us for what's coming down the road but if God says you're going to be plucked out of here and I'm going to give you a building then bless God I'm going to love him regardless Because he loves me so much that he's going to provide for us. So Paul was writing to the Roman church. He got some gumption in him. I don't think he was writing this on the page with a quill pen, dipping in the ink. It says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life. I figure I put that pen down. He began to do a little dance. I can't dance, for I'm persuaded neither death nor life nor angels. In other words, the angels in heaven cannot separate. 
I said the angels in heaven can't love God like we love him. They They are commanded to love him. I'm here to tell you today, you are not commanded to love him. That's why it's called returning your love to Jesus Christ. And he says, I want to tell you there's no angel, no principality or power, nor things present, nor things to come that will be able to separate you from my love. Back to uh, John 3, verse number 16. He says in first, let's go to verse number 14, John 3, 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Why would I not want that kind of water? If you want to thirst again, you go right ahead. But I'm here to tell you today, I would rather never thirst again. For, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. And I'm in the wrong chapter. But Jesus said unto her, Go and call thy husband and come hither. What was he saying? He says, I love you so much that I want to give you something that you will never dry up from. The Lord led me to that chapter. We'll go to chapter number 3. Verse number 14 again. And Moses, for chapter 3, John chapter 3, verse 14. And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. I don't have to get, I don't have enough time to get into that Old Testament story and why that, that, that runs parallel to the Christ, to Christ being crucified. But whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. Everybody say the world. You are in the world. You are of the world. When I was born into this world, I was born into this world, shaped in iniquity and born into sin. So each one of us need a Savior to pull us out of that bondage of sin. Somebody say amen. I need the blood of Calvary to be washed over my soul. I need the everlasting life to sweep over my soul. I need the blood and the body of Jesus Christ to wash me. I need the waters of living, living waters to wash my soul. Why do I need those things? Because I cannot love God the way he loves me. I cannot want to love God the way he desires me. So he gives me the gift of the Holy Ghost so I can return a righteous love back towards him. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but he that the world through him might be saved. Some of us in this room are dealing with condemnation. Here's what the devil tries to tell you, that you'll never be healed, that you'll never come out of sin, that your sins cannot be washed away, that your identity is something of the world, and that you'll never be anything more or less than that. Some of you are battling with pornography, and that the devil has caused you to lie to say that you will always battle pornography and there's nothing that you could ever nothing you can do to get out of that and no you there's nothing you can do but I know of somebody that can help you out of pornography Can I go on Some of you have hatred and anger in your spirit 
And the devil tries to, tries to tell you that you will always be that way. You are defined by that. And that what this world defines you, you will never come out of. But I'm here to tell you today, I know a God that can sweep down with his love and fight for your love. There's a song. And I forgot, uh, Corey Asbury sings this song. Many of you have heard it. It's called Reckless Love. How many of you ever heard this song? It's in my car, crying like a baby. It says, before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You've been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You've been so, so kind to me. Goes on and says, Oh, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. Says, When I was your foe, still your love fought for me. You've been so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You've been so, so kind to me. Says there's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. No lie you won't tear down coming after me. I'm here to tell you today there is nothing that will keep the love of God from pursuing after your soul. He wants to prove himself to you. He wants to show himself to you. And I'm here to tell you today that the Lord told me to tell somebody that your love is worth fighting for. I said your love is worth fighting for. And God is waiting for you to return that love to him. Everybody say return. There are many prodigals in this world. And there are some prodigals in this room. I know that because I once was one. And I know what a prodigal looks like. Because I looked in the mirror one day and I was a prodigal. Oh, I went to church. Oh, I raised my hands. I was a preacher's kid. Oh, I, I was active in the church, but I was a prodigal. You see, I was, I'm, I'm a fourth generation preacher in our family, and I know how to put on a show. I know how to pray. To make everybody think that everything is okay. I know, how to, I know how to raise my hands in a way that will get other people excited. I'm a professional Pentecostal. I can get up here and preach and preach words that will get you on your feet and manipulate your feelings. You don't think I can? I can. But I'm not interested in anything like that. 
I'm interested in returning the very depths of my soul to a king. I'm not interested in putting on a show. I'm not interested in convincing anybody else. I'm just interested in convincing Jesus Christ. Just say, Lord, look unto me. I may not be much, but what I have, I'm going to return back to you. Reminded of Psalms 139. I read it at the beginning outside of this service. David says at the beginning of that chapter and at the end of that chapter, he says, search me, O God. Know my thoughts. And if there's any wicked way in me, God, take it out of me. here to tell you, I'm going to say this again, because I feel like it needs to be said. And I may say it two or three more times until it really resonates in your soul. God is fighting for your love. And also in Psalms 139, David did nothing to resist God's love towards him. So what happens is when God, we know that God loves us, and he's coming down, and we can feel this love, but then we put the brakes on. Hold on, Jesus. Hang on. I'm not ready to receive that. Oh, it's a bunch of hogwash. Pride has stood up in the face of the love of Jesus Christ, and you're refusing to return and engage in fellowship with the Lord. Come on, somebody. You refuse to engage in fellowship with the Lord because we read it already. The light of God will reveal your heart. The light of God will reveal. But his love is not a condemning love. It condemns the darkness, but it goes right past that, washes away that condemnation, and pursues your love for him. So when I say, God, forgive me of my sins, God, wash me as white as snow, that opens up an avenue between you and the Lord. It opens up a communion. All the way back to the book of Genesis, the Bible shows us that all God wanted was a relationship with his creation. Adam and Eve sinned, and it separated them. But it doesn't, what the Bible says, did that keep God from coming down? Did God stop and say, well, they don't love me, I guess I'm not going to come down. The Bible says he still came down and looked for them. Adam, Eve, where are you? The Bible says they hid themselves and covered themselves with fig leaves. Some of us are hiding ourselves, and God's coming down and speaking to your life right now. And you are contemplating in your spirit whether you're going to cave or not. Why are you saying that, Pastor? Because I was once you. We're going to stand right now. I feel, I feel conviction happening right now in this room. I don't need a song. We don't need a piano player right now. That's the cool thing about the Bible. The Bible didn't say even for the, the church to stand and have the music come before an altar call.
Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.